This is the Italian Citizenship Podcast, hosted by Marco Permunian and Rafael Di Furia. Hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Italian Citizenship Podcast, presented by ItalianCitizenshipAssistance.com. Of course, we are back here at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing, man? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And of course, I'm Rafael Di Furia, and today... We wanted to talk about a subject that actually is getting more and more popular as time goes on with people looking at different countries within the European Union. And when it comes to people who are thinking about getting Italian citizenship, many of them will be interested in moving to Italy, but there are some benefits with being able to actually live anywhere pretty much in the European Union. So Marco, I know you've helped out some people with this, but where is maybe the first area that you would want to get started with? Like, what are some of the first questions that people have had for you when thinking about moving to the European Union as an Italian citizen? Well, like we said many times, um, getting Italian citizenship means becoming a citizen of the European Union, even if technically you can't be a citizen of the European Union, but actually you can only be a citizen of one European country. A lot of people talk about citizenship of the European Union, of course, not legally speaking, but in practice, that's right. what happens when you become a citizen of Italy, because you can have access basically to the entire European Union and you, you have freedom of movement in the European Union, which means that you can travel, you can not only travel freely uh, between one country and, and another, but also you can establish formally your residency in any European country, um, any country within the EU. So if you obtain Italian citizenship by descent or through marriage or through residency, once you are an Italian, you can basically relocate in any other European countries, um, you can formally establish your residency. Your spouse can obtain a residency permit in that European country. Um, you can work in that European country. Um, so basically, once you are an Italian citizen, you can have access to all of the other countries uh, and do basically whatever the citizens of that country are allowed to do with some minor limitations. For example, mm -hmm. you cannot vote for the elections uh, in that European country, but you can use the healthcare system. You can, um, your spouse can obtain a residency permit. You can be employed by a company in that country. You can be a self-employed person. You can pay taxes in that country. So basically you have almost the same freedom that these citizens of that country have. Yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point about being able to simply arrive in a country. I mean, I know that in some cases, like, uh, for example, in Hungary and uh, Portugal and uh, I believe Belgium as well and some other countries, that you do have to be able to show that you do have an income and that even though you can live there, they do still want to see for your residency, for your official residency, what you've got coming in. Not necessarily that there is a requirement, but just 
they want to know that you're not going to be a burden on the system. Um, but even the medical aspect, uh, that's, that's something that's really fascinating um, because the European healthcare system is very much intertwined and uh, some information will get shared between countries. And even, for example, like within the medical system, depending on what country you're going to or coming from, um, even something like maybe your prescriptions, uh, that information may actually be forwarded to the country that you're moving to. And you may be able to just uh, automatically have those prescriptions ready for you if you've already been living in Italy. Um, and then even just the ability to get on a plane. I mean, it's like traveling domestically in the U.S. You just get on the plane. There's no passport control. You get on and then you get off. Simple as that. Yeah. You do need to show your identity, of course. No longer an ID true, true. is sufficient. But what you said is, is, is true. You don't yeah. need a passport. So you don't need the travel document that you would use to fly internationally so normally you're traveling uh, by plane within the european union uh, from one country to the other you don't have to have a passport you can use your id issued in the country where you're living and if you're traveling by car you actually don't even have to show your, your id i mean right now because of what's been going on in the past two years you may have to go through some border controls even if you are uh, traveling by car um, so they may stop you and request your id or maybe uh, some tests or um, additional papers but once again that's because of what's been going on in the past two years but uh, in a normal situation uh, there are no borders anymore between different european countries so if you're traveling by car you just go straight um, yeah. which is <laughs> very unusual for uh, some older people which is kind of unusual for some older people because in the past you did have to show your ID or passport when traveling uh, from one European country to the other. Uh, but right now traveling, especially by car, is extremely easy and you just go straight. Um, in a normal situation, you would go straight. There would be no controls at the border. So it's, I think it's really amazing uh, and one of the probably major advantages of being a citizen of the EU. Yeah, I mean, even like if you think about it, the funny thing was it wasn't just that there were the border checks, but there were also the different currencies that you had to go uh, and exchange. And sometimes like one was like worth a thousand of the other. <laughs> like it, there were all the and even I mean, there are some places around the European Union that you do have these borders that are literally just a fence. And even historically, there have been some cities where half the city is in one country, half the city is in the other. I mean, even in like France, there's um, a couple villages where uh, even during the past couple of years when there were lockdowns and so on, um, it was unusual for them because they were very used to just going to the baker on the other side of the border. <laughs> it was just a normal daily activity for them. So they had to come up with a system of being able to get the bread over the border, even though the border was actually almost an imaginary line at that point. They couldn't actually cross from one to the other. And it was like less than crossing the street um, or even uh, in, um, I believe it's Belgium or, or maybe the Netherlands, um, there's there's towns where even homes are straddling the border and what country they're actually in <laughs> depends on where the door is, where the, uh, the door actually opens up. And there have been people 
in those places who have actually closed up the door and moved it to another part of the building just for the purposes of taxation because it opened up onto X Street uh, in Germany uh, versus Y Street in Belgium or, or Netherlands. I, I, like I said, I don't remember exactly where it was, but there are some of these lines that, especially in those types of places, where the borders don't necessarily make sense to have like a defined line, especially where it goes literally through somebody's house. Uh, but even uh, like having myself personally recently moved from Italy to Portugal as a as an EU citizen, as a citizen of Italy, the process was actually, I would say, quite straightforward. Uh, I sent an email before arriving to the appropriate office and said, hey, I'm going to be arriving. Here are my documents. Um, because I already knew like that they wanted to see, um, for example, um, some of the like the, my, my Italian ID and also my financial records and some of the, these things, and as well as the uh, rental agreement for the apartment that I had rented. And they said, okay, that's great, cool. Your, your appointment is next Tuesday at 9 a.m. <laughs> so it's like, wow, that's amazing. I went there, signed some documents, and that was it. I'm officially an Italian citizen living in Portugal. I even have a whole certificate and everything. <laughs> it's actually interesting here in Portugal. Uh, if you come from just about any other country and you have like a visa to be here and you have like a residency permit, they normally will give you like a little plastic card that you can put into your wallet. But if you're an EU citizen and you go through the registration process for residency here, you have a certificate. Like it looks almost like a university degree um, that you have to keep with you. So that's actually been interesting to have that experience of just arriving here and not really any other questions other than where I was born, what is my citizenship, what is my this, is this information correct, is that information correct, and then even when registering for healthcare here, um, all I had to do was show my residency certificate and my rental agreement, and I'm in. Like, just because I'm an Italian citizen, they didn't even need to really see any of my documents from Italy other than my ID or passport, whichever one it was that I gave them, I don't even remember. Um, but it's been fascinating to see the ease of being able to just simply arrive and not have to think about a visa and not have to think about every year I'm going to have to do this or that or the other. I mean, granted, in like, say, five years from now, um, to, unless the rules change, um, permanent residency then becomes an option. And then like in six years, citizenship becomes an option. Uh, so having a European passport really opens up many possibilities. And I know there are a lot of individuals who are interested in getting Italian citizenship because it leads them to a work opportunity. They can become hired by a company that's based in the European Union or even Switzerland, because you have to consider Switzerland is not part of the European Union, um, even though they are connected and whatever. It's the relationship is complicated, <laughs> definitely. Um, but I mean, even like kind of what you were saying before, like even driving across borders in Europe, um, even driving through Switzerland is actually quite simple as well, even though they're not EU, um, but they are, what is it, European economic area. So again, like I said, it's a complicated relationship. But uh, even if you're an Italian citizen, 
the requirements to move to Switzerland are less than the requirements to move uh, if you're an American citizen. And so even in some cases, there will be companies uh, that might be interested in hiring somebody from abroad, but they'll be more likely to choose a European citizen over an American because there's less paperwork for them to do. Or even I know there are individuals who work for companies in the U.S., uh, and they need to send somebody to Europe. And of course, if you have that second passport, I mean, that's a huge advantage. There's so much less red tape that they have to go through. They don't have to sponsor you a visa for you. They don't have to put X amount of money in the bank or um, pay X amount for legal fees. You just kind of arrive there. I mean, even to get a, a fiscal code, a tax code in whatever country that you're going ends up becoming also a simplified process, um, depending on the country, of course, because that really changes wherever you are. I mean, Italy, I have to say, though, is actually one of the easier countries, it seems, to get the tax code. You just kind of send them a quick email or you just show up in person and five minutes later, you've got it. Whereas in Portugal, maybe you have to go through a little bit more of a process, even though it's not that big of a deal in the end of the day. Um, but even as a European here in Portugal, it makes certain aspects of certain things easier. You just kind of, like I said, you just arrive, you're here, you show up, and that's basically it. And like you were saying, this is one of the really big benefits of this, uh, the freedom of movement as well as even um, freedom to work and live where you choose. That's absolutely true. And and one more thing that I think it's amazing is the ability for your spouse to stay yeah. almost at the same conditions. So um, he or she, your husband or wife, basically can reside with you, but not only reside, uh, they can also uh, be registered with the healthcare system. They can uh, work and be employed uh, without limits or yep. particular limitations so basically the european union protects the right of uh, your spouse to be together with you if you are a citizen of the european union uh, now there is one probably one limitation which is um, the spouse can only reside indefinitely in the country where the EU citizen is formally residing. So if you are an EU citizen residing, I don't know, in Portugal, uh, your spouse can only reside without limits in Portugal and travel to the other European countries, basically in compliance with the rules for anybody else. So you can only stay for 90 days as a tourist. So if, he, if you are the spouse of an Italian citizen residing in Portugal, if you want to go um, in Germany for some time, you can only spend up to 90 days in Germany. The Italian spouse could potentially stay indefinitely, but the non-Italian spouse can only stay for up to 90 days. But the thing is, if you as a couple wanted to relocate to Germany, uh, you can do so and um, you only have to basically change your residency permit from a Portuguese residency permit to a German residency permit, which basically allows the non-Italian spouse to reside in Germany indefinitely and to work in Germany, be registered with the local healthcare system. Um, and so at that point, uh, the Italian spouse and the non-Italian spouse become residents of Germany and the non-Italian spouse can stay in Germany indefinitely and travel uh, to the other European countries 
for a maximum of 90 days so basically all you have to do is obtain a new residency permit in the new country where you are going to reside with your italian spouse and that's actually a really interesting point but just to add on to that there are some european countries that actually do recognize domestic partnerships like not married uh, where you're just living together and if you do have a history of living together for x amount of years there may be certain countries within the eu that even if you're not married will still allow you to live together in that country of course it depends on which country where you're from and some some various details but it is really such a fantastic point that you raised there um where the Ita the non-italian spouse can actually move to the country and i i can say that i actually know some italian dual citizens here and people who are thinking about applying for italian dual citizenship that do have a non-italian spouse and the way that their spouse is going to be staying here or will be in the future is because of this connection, this marital connection. And yeah, and of course, um, the right for the non-Italian spouse to be able to reside in the European Union is connected to the Italian spouse um, uh, status of resident in a European country, meaning that um, it's not that the non-Italian spouse can stay in the European Union without the Italian spouse. There are situations where, for example, my clients have asked me, okay, I'm married to an Italian and uh, we're going to be in Germany for some time, but then my Italian spouse is going to be back to the US uh, for a year. Can I continue to stay in Germany um, because we're going to be separated for one year? And the answer mm -hmm. is, unfortunately, that may not be possible because the condition for the non-Italian spouse to be able to stay in the European Union is that the Italian spouse is uh, residing in the same European country where you are wanting to uh, reside. Now, it's true that after some time, it's normally uh, five years, you can obtain um, a permanent resident status, meaning that even if you get divorced, uh, even if you don't live together with your uh, Italian spouse, you will still be able to continue residing in the European Union. So in other words, your status will no longer be connected to uh, your husband or wife being a resident in that European country. Yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> like we've been talking about, there's a lot of benefits to being an Italian citizen in the European Union. And uh, th this is a major one, especially for dual citizens that have grown up abroad and, and been uh, having their whole lives abroad. Uh, because it's not just your spouse, but also your children. They will be able to be, I mean, of course, like your children will probably be Italian citizens if they're minors and you're an Italian citizen. But even if they're adults and they get their Italian citizenship, then you move to a country and they can join in that country and go to university and not have to think about it. And uh, there will be some countries where there are spots that are reserved for people from the European Union um, or that they have uh, to have certain quotas met and they need people who are born abroad, but from the European Union. But if you're if you're born abroad and a EU citizen, Plus, you also are born outside of the European Union. You're from outside of the European Union. There can be all these different ways of layering um, uh, these these um, these statuses on top of each other that actually can make it easier and better uh, for an individual to be able to get into a university. I mean, even in Italy, there's some of these things as well that if you even if you're an Italian citizen, 
if you're from abroad, <laughs> then you can actually start having um, other like benefits and sometimes even pay a better price than maybe an Italian citizen would for, for schooling. But I mean, even when we're talking about the prices in Europe for schooling, <laughs> I mean, we're still not talking about anything anywhere near the neighborhood of what you might spend out in the United States for an education. So this is also another really huge benefit of what it can be to have this citizenship uh, in your pocket, literally. <laughs> but anyway, uh, of course, this has been another fun episode and I've really enjoyed this topic, uh, especially since it's very much related to some things that I've had to go through in the past few months. Uh, so Marco, though, if anybody is interested in getting their Italian citizenship so that they are able to call anywhere in the European Union home, how can they get in contact with you and your team at Italian Citizenship Assistance? People can contact us through our website, italiancitizenshipassistance.com, or give us a call, the number is on the website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more content like this about Italian citizenship, moving to Italy, living in Italy, and also some of the benefits of being an EU citizen, be sure that you are subscribed to this podcast, the audio only version, as well as the YouTube channel. But of course, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you do get the benefit of being automatically subscribed to the Italian real estate podcast, the other project that Marco and I collaborate on. But of course, if you're interested more about life abroad, living abroad, living abroad as a dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash or you can find the audio only version through your favorite podcast player, not your average globetrotter. But of course, again, Marco, thank you so much for making yourself available for this episode of the Italian Citizenship Podcast. Um, and I have been Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you. Thank you.